Engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Glad to have you with me this evening. I would have been here yesterday, but the traffic getting out of North Georgia from the Eclipse was horrible. I mean, genuinely horrible. Thank you, Alan Sanders, for being able to fill in because it took six hours at one point to go from Blue Ridge to Atlanta. A 90-minute drive took more than six hours uh i think it was scott slay telling me his family was 90 minutes up from where they normally live and it took them five hours to get home the the traffic was crazy i took a picture of it went out to eat last night at seven o'clock and the line of traffic was so long headed out of blue ridge down highway five uh headed towards 575 in atlanta was just crazy uh, got some great pictures if you if you follow me on instagram at ew erickson i got to managed to get solar flares uh, in the picture as well as mercury in the shot uh you i'll get into the eclipse later it was something to behold right now though we need to get into the president's speech the president of the United States saying he wants to increase troop levels in Afghanistan. He's getting rid of a time certain to go out of to leave Afghanistan. This is actually a big, big reversal from the president. And I don't mean that in a negative light. I mean that as for all the people saying the president uh, refuses to change, that he doesn't take in information, process it and alter the way he thinks. Uh, this is an example of him doing that. He was he wanted to be a non-interventionist. He wanted to get rid of Afghanistan, get get rid of it off his plate. He wanted to get out of Afghanistan, take the troops out of Afghanistan, have nothing to do with Afghanistan. Uh, complained repeatedly that Barack Obama had ruined the situation by saying the date certain we would leave Afghanistan, that that was a terrible plan. As a result of it, al-Qaeda and, and ISIS had just gotten emboldened and we should just get out and leave them to themselves and and stay out of it well he's changed his mind he's going to increase troop levels in afghanistan he's going to get rid of the deadline by which we were to leave uh, a reversal of barack obama's policies and it's interesting how some people are well first of all you need to understand now that that we are in this this day and age where You've got some people who can never criticize the president. They can never say he did anything wrong. They can never concede the point that he should have done something better. Uh, but you also have people who they can never concede the point that he did something right. They can never admit the president uh, did what they wanted to do. There's always a caveat about how he didn't do it. This is one of those situations where people should be praising the president for processing information and changing his mind. And a lot of people don't want to. In fact, the biggest complaints that are coming today are not from people who opposed the president, but from people who have long supported the president and, and supported his non-interventionist stance. The people who were supporting us withdrawing from NATO are not cheering the president on today, and that those, that's part of his core base. They do not want an escalation of troops in Afghanistan. They don't want an extension of the deadline in Afghanistan, and they're upset about it, but not really... Um, they're they're not going to do anything about it. They're not going to push him hard to walk it back. Now, what I'm being told and what the media is reporting is that the president had very heated words with his generals, uh, making it clear from what people from what the press is reporting and from what the background conversations apparently went like that he was not willing to just blame Barack Obama. 
And that's something that a lot of people expected the president to do, was just lay the blame at Barack Obama, but he's not. Apparently, behind closed doors, the president is also blaming his generals and people in the Pentagon for screwing up the situation. And uh, that we need to actually, if we're going to be there, we need to actually be there and prepare to be there and prepare to actually treat it like a war and not just like some sort of occupation. And I, I think to, to some degree, we can't fault the president with that. And I think there are a number of generals, particularly those on the ground, who have been very frustrated with the Pentagon bureaucracy, including the generals involved, thinking we needed to be more aggressive. And they've apparently persuaded the president. There's some other bits of information there, though, that we need to break down. This goes counter to the narrative about the president. <clears throat> now, full disclosure, I still think the president is is an old dog who's not going to learn new tricks. And I still think he gives in to his worst impulses more often than not. But the prevailing wisdom is that this is a president who, once he's made up his mind, he's not going to change his mind, even if it's to his detriment. And that's not the case here. And he deserves credit for assessing the situation and doing so with clear eyes and changing uh, the course by which he was going to proceed. Uh, and Barack Obama looks less because of this. Barack Obama is the guy who screwed up the situation. And I think Trump is right to tell people behind the scenes that it wasn't just President Obama who made bad mistakes. It was his generals who were advising him. I think that's true. I think that's fair. And, you know, one of the things that I'm struck with here is whether it's North Korea or Iran or Afghanistan or Iraq or the, the, the growing Islamic radicalization in parts of Europe or China's expansion, Donald Trump's presidency is a presidency in which he is spending most of his time cleaning up the messes of his predecessors. And I, I listen, uh, there are no, no doubt in my mind, whoever comes after Donald Trump is going to be cleaning up a lot of Donald Trump's messes. But North Korea is not a situation of his making, and he's having to deal with it. Iran, not a situation of his making, he's having to deal with it. Afghanistan, not a situation of his making, he's having to deal with it. China, not a situation of his making, but he's going to have to deal with it. Speaking of, uh, we've got the situation now where the USS John McCain has collided with a, a merchant ship. There are obviously a lot of raised eyebrows. Because this is the second heavily armed American naval vessel to collide with a merchant vessel in the last number of months. And there are some people who are speculating, uh, is there really something terrorist terroristic going on and the military's not telling us? Are they covering something up? What have you? I don't know. Here's what I think is going on. And this is just me talking to friends of mine who pay attention to these things, I am not an expert, but they are, that no, this is not a terrorist incident, what's happening. No, these are not two coordinated attacks or colliding with naval vessels, which have the capability of getting out of the way. It is a very, very difficult thing to construct as a terrorist uh, operation because you first would then have to have terrorists on the merchant vessels coordinating with terrorists who are had gone through the, the enlisted program and become sailors and work their way up to work on the bridge and, and run a ship in the middle of the night. That would take a very long amount of time to do that. What is probably going on is that during Obama's administration, and I don't, I, I say that not to blame Barack Obama. It goes back that the foundations of this to George W. Bush, but it really happened under Barack Obama, is in response to the war and lower recruitment rates from the Bush administration, the Obama administration lowered standards. 
a lot of people got into the military who probably should not have gotten into the military. And as a way to accommodate them, they over they over extended technology on ships. So you have a bunch of sailors who are used now to the machines telling them what to do instead of them telling the machines what to do. And they've become so reliant on the machines to tell them what to do as opposed to them telling the machines what to do that more mistakes like this can happen. Because the machine is going to assume that they're going to get out of the way. The machine is not going to tell them to get out of the way when a merchant vessel is coming. So you have a lot of sailors now running ships that are marvelous instruments of war and technology well above their level of knowledge and skill sets based on uh, their training. And they've allowed the machines to captain the ships instead of letting the captains captain the ships. And that's just opening a whole bag of worms for the military now. The mistakes we made in recruitment from a decade ago are starting to play out. And that's what's happening, at least according to the friends I have who are experts at this stuff and that is that seems to be a common sentiment among them is that instead of people captaining ships now they're letting the machines do it and the machines aren't as infallible as people would have you believe just a theory but sounds very plausible much more plausible than a coordinated terrorist effort between terrorists on a u.s naval ship and terrorists on a merchant marine ship It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Now, we move on to the eclipse. Um, it, you know, so I we went up to, well, we, I, I got the family a hotel room in Nashville to be up there for the weekend. And then our kids' school decided to schedule an event uh, that one of the parents had to be at. And so we wound up not going to Nashville, couldn't get the refund for the hotel room. and But I was still rented a cabin up in North Georgia, north of Blue Ridge. Uh, and a wonderful place. But then Christy decided that one of us had to be at this meeting and traffic was going to be so bad that we, she didn't want to go. So the kids were going to go with me. Well, then the kids found out that the internet was, was questionable. And so they didn't want to go. Yeah. Because of the internet. Unreal. Well, I wasn't going to make them go. Mom wasn't going to be there. The dog wasn't going to be there. So I went. Now I had an eight pound box and all that was in the box was stacks of paper more than 5,000 sheets I thought it was 5,000 sheets it was more than that and I had to sign my name on every single one of them and they're going to be bound into my book to make it look like I autographed each of these individual I think it was seven or eight thousand pages um, and so I spent my weekend doing that but I did get into the Tokoa I rented a kayak I took great pictures of the Eclipse it was fantastic uh, the company I used up there by the way Cabin Rentals of Georgia I know this isn't an ad I'm just telling you it, they had a great selection I'm kind of scared to tell people that because the cabin I liked I'll never be able to get it it was fantastic uh, I had a stairway down to the Tokoa uh, had a hot tub had a, had a spa it was just it was fantastic uh, got to watch Game of Thrones on the big screen TV by myself. Got freaked out afterwards because blue-eyed dragons and all that. But nonetheless, it was a wonderful time.
8.39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Uh, uh, several people. I, I'm, you know, I'm using Twitter less and less now. Um, my book comes out in the beginning of October, and in one of the chapters, I remind people of the uh, of the story in the bible where the, the possessed man comes to jesus and jesus asks the demon possessing the man what its name is and the demon says legion for we are many and jesus cast the demons out and there are so many of them they fill up an entire herd of goat or pigs rather that march down a hill and drowned and note that after the demons leave the drowned pigs, they probably all got Twitter accounts. I think Twitter is bad for the soul increasingly. I really do. It brings out the worst in everyone, myself included. So I try to look at it less and less. Uh, but I, I did flip over and, and look at it during break and notice several people saying that if my kids were so upset about the, the Internet situation in North Georgia, where we were going to stay, I, I should have made them go to realize there was other stuff. And, you know, I did think about that. I want everyone to know I did think about that. And then I thought three days on a mountain with no kids, just me. Hmm. The calculus from there was really easy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. We, a, a buddy of mine just sent me this note. This is worth listening to about the president's Afghanistan remarks. The major thing to understand is that they weren't Afghanistan remarks as such. What was presented was the outline, only an outline, though, of an integrated South Asia strategy. The problem has been redefined away from the Taliban to the Pakistani state. The Taliban now has a pathway to acceptance in an American brokered order. The major ally has been redefined away from Afghanistan to India. This contextualizes America's Afghanistan campaign as a peripheral stage within a much larger theater. If the fight against the Taliban is now a function of a containment of Pakistani dysfunction, then one quickly imagines other theaters of American action toward that end, Kashmir and the Punjab. You can see where this goes if taken to logical ends. You can also see who this, who this is really directed against. Not Pakistan as such, but China. And China knows it, which means this is going to get bigger and worse over the long run. Now, the bigger and worse means that this is probably going to get more expansive, uh, leading to more military situations in Southeast Asia as we deal with the Chinese problem. And the Chinese problem does have to be dealt with, whether people want to admit it or not. But more importantly, when you think about it, if you have North America led by the United States, Europe led by either the EU or a NATO alliance, you have Australia and New Zealand in there for good measure, and you have India in some sort of alliance, you've got over a third of the world's population on our side. That's not a bad position to be in. Not a bad position at all. Okay, we got to move on to other things beyond the president's Afghanistan situation. We will take your phone calls as well. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Them's the numbers. Um, I want to get into the Democratic situation. 
because there are real problems shaping up for the Democrats next year. So convinced they are that they're going to take back Congress. It's not a guarantee now. You may not have heard, but the Democrats, believe it or not, are having fundraising problems. Now, for perspective, look at John Ossoff. John Ossoff raised millions and millions of dollars off of left-wing activists, many of whom, most of whom, almost all of whom, did not live in the state of Georgia. California was his largest donor base, it seems like. Well, the Democrats have been going so aggressively against the president, they haven't spent their money wisely, which, I mean, they're Democrats. Democrats don't spend money wisely. They funded John Ossoff, a losing candidate. They funded the guy in Minnesota, a losing candidate. And now they're funding, (laughs) this one makes me laugh every time, they are funding an opponent to Ted Cruz in Texas. Millions and millions of dollars from left-wing activists around the country going to candidates to beat people who are not going to be beaten, to win races that cannot be won. And they're not giving money to the DNC. Some of them, interestingly enough, are not giving money to the Democratic National Committee because the DNC chairman has suggested, after walking it back, at first he did suggest, the party had no place for pro-life Democrats. And then after being chastised by even people like Nancy Pelosi, reversed it. And now you got the DCCC saying they would support a pro-life Democrat. And the Democratic activists are livid that they would dare support anyone opposed to killing children. How dare they? Here's the thing about the Democratic Party. There's been a long simmering feud within the Democratic Party that is rapidly headed toward their own little civil war. Much like Republicans had the Tea Party activists, these Antifa guys are going to turn on the Democrats. And they're going to radicalize the Democrats and push them further left. The thing with the GOP is that many of the Republican incumbents refused to go go right with the Tea Party. And the Tea Party ran primary challenges against them and beat many of them and pushed the party to the right. I think a lot of the Democrats are willingly going to want to go to the left in an area of self-preservation, whether or not they mean it or not. The problem with this, however, is that the country really isn't there. The Democrats are convinced that Trump is an anomaly and the Russians stole the election and that the nation really has moved as far left as they are, which I don't think is the case. And I think they're going to be in for a very, very rude awakening when they finally realize when it dawns on them that no, in fact, the country isn't as liberal as they are. And they purged from their party all the reasonable, reasonably moderate Democrats. It's 56 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Quick look at the radar. It is actually fairly clear. Uh, you got a little bit of, of rain uh, down on the south side, some sprinkles, but nothing heavy anywhere. So good. The weather for the eclipse, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So I'll stop talking about it after this. This is a short segment. Don't have a ton of time. So I'll just say this. The totality, while it was still bright, while it still looked daylight to me, suddenly the the nighttime animals started coming out. A a beaver came out from the bushes. 
uh, there in North Georgia. We're north of Blue Ridge in the totality zone. Um, it, the crickets started chirping. Uh, just a, the nighttime insects came out. It was it was amazing. And then pitch blackness up there. You could see the stars. I got a shot of Mercury. I could see Mercury, um, which you rarely see because it usually is is going around during the daytime. And it, it just it was it was fantastic. Uh, when we come back, we got to shift gears, though. <laughs> the Democratic meltdown is upon us. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Welcome. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You would not know it from the, well, from the media coverage, from the way the newspapers are writing about it, from the buzz on the street, you name it. You know the story, the president's. Polling continues to decline. The Democrats are mobilized. The Democrats are energized. On and on and on and on. You know what? It turns out the president may have bad polling. But that doesn't mean the Democrats are going to win. Now, the conventional wisdom, in fact, the wisdom that has always worked for everyone in politics for years and years and years, has been that in the off-year election, except in times of war, the party that doesn't control the White House tends to pick up seats. We have seen this every midterm election. I mean, the, the only one we didn't was the, the one after 9-11, and that, that was kind of the one that proved the rule, is, is this rule is off in times of war, but otherwise, the party that doesn't control the White House picks up seats in off-year elections. And the, the Democrats, the odds are they're going to pick up seats in the off-year election. But can they take back Congress? Increasingly, although we are a long way away from the election, if we were on a glide path, and remember, as I always say, you can quote it with me, events change things. Right now, the events are working against the Democrats. They are having fundraising trouble. And of all things, it's the New Republic, the, the left-wing magazine that used to be good and no longer is. Um, and by that, I mean they had editorial changes. And now they're just a clickbait site for a left-wing activist as opposed to a thoughtful publication. Even they are starting to point out that, in fact, uh, Democrats are having fundraising problems. The chairman of the Democratic National Committee doesn't do a good job of fundraising. They're out of power. They don't have a leader. Barack Obama has not engaged to really fundraise for the party right now. And uh, that's one of the downsides of having a party out of power. There is no leader. Barack Obama is still ostensibly the leader, except not. Hillary Clinton, not. Bernie Sanders, not. Bernie Sanders isn't even a Democrat anymore. Bernie Sanders left the Democratic Party. I mean, he was only there to run for president. That was it. <sighs> the media, of course, would much prefer to talk about Republican problems, and the Republicans are giving them a ton of things to talk about. Uh, for example, the president is in Arizona. You know, I've got mixed feelings on this one um, because Kelly Ward, who a lot of conservative activists hope the president supports, is a nutter who believes in chemtrails and all that 
nonsense. She is not a good candidate. What is so interesting to me is that all of the Republicans who said we got to support Donald Trump because of the Supreme Court. Well, you got to have the Senate, too, to save the Supreme Court. And there's not a poll in Arizona that shows that Kelly Ward could beat the Democrats. We would be handing a seat to the Democrats. So for all the people who said you got to support Donald Trump because of the Supreme Court, you got to support Jeff Flake because of the Supreme Court. Now, I, I think at this point in this day and age in, in America, if you don't want to support a candidate, don't support a candidate. I'm not going to tell you to support a candidate. The logic, though, can be turned on its head. The problem, though, well, there are problems with Jeff Flake, and that, that's what makes this so frustrating and why the media still can focus on Republicans over Democrats. So here's the thing. The Democrats have their problems, but the media focuses more on Republican problems, and the president going to Arizona um, highlights that the president doesn't like Jeff Flake. Now, here's the truth about Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake, when he was in the House of Representatives, was a club for growth conservative. This is what aggravates me about people picking sides. Now, you see, supposedly, because I am supposedly never Trump, uh, I'm supposed to take Jeff Flake's side because Jeff Flake and the president don't get along and the president wants to beat Jeff Flake. And I've got a bunch of friends of mine who are yelling at people saying Jeff Flake isn't conservative enough because look at his scores. The American Conservative Union has a 100% score. He's a conservative. The problem is not that Jeff Flake is a conservative. The problem is that Jeff Flake was more conservative in the House of Representatives. He made a bunch of promises to a bunch of people, myself included, about what he would do in the Senate and has systematically broken all of those promises in the name of reaching across the aisle and trying to seem like a media darling. That's the problem with Jeff Flake. I would, in principle, support Jeff Flake based on his voting record. The problem is Jeff Flake has gone bad on a number of issues on which he was good in the House, including budget and spending issues. Jeff Flake, when I was at the, oh, when was it? It was the, the year he was running for the Senate. I spoke at the Club for Growth event in uh, the Cloisters, or the Breakers, rather, in uh, Palm Beach, Flake was there with his wife, lovely couple, very nice people, and he pushed me to support him and and reminded me what his Club for Growth score was and on and on and on and on and on. And I said, sure. I mean, he had great scores. So I supported him, and then he went to the Senate and wanted to have nothing to do with the Club for Growth or any of the other groups that supported him. He wanted to seem reasonable and build a bipartisan track record and be senatorial as opposed to conservative. Being senatorial was vastly more important to him. So I, I'm sympathetic to my friends who want to boot him. I'm sympathetic to my friends who think, you, you know, we, we got to keep him here because of the because Kelly Ward is a nut job. And that ultimately is the problem here. Jeff Flake has the right message, but he's the wrong messenger. And Kelly Ward is a nut job. She is a certifiable nut job. No one has any business supporting this woman. This is part of the problem conservative and liberal activists run into. They oftentimes lack discernment to find the good candidate, and they find the candidate who tells them what they want to hear. They find the candidate who picks up the talking points. 
like the Corey Stewart guy in Virginia who wants to be the Republican nominee for the Senate. A year ago, Corey Stewart, who is from Minnesota, has no claim to the Confederacy, has decided to start campaigning on the Confederacy in defense of monuments in the South. Corey Stewart, a year ago, on video, was praising changing the name of a middle school in Prince Williams County, Virginia, from a Confederate to a local black civic leader. He was praising it as a progressive thing to do to rid us of the Confederate past and whatnot. Not his exact words, but that's basically what he was saying. And now he's running as this son of the Confederacy. Again, he's from Minnesota, who we've got to defend all the statues. In fact, he he tried to rally people to defend a statue in New Orleans that explicitly was a racist statue put up to commemorate the killing of black people. He speaks conservative and Southern like a foreign language, like he's been getting like Rosetta Stone for, for Southernisms. But conservatives are rallying to him because he's a fighter. He talks like Donald Trump. They have no discernment on whether or not the guy is a good candidate. They have no discernment on who this guy is. I'm sorry, folks, but with Kelly Ward in Arizona, if you believe in chemtrails, you are not getting my support to run. And I don't care. I know there are people in the you're not going to call in. You are not getting your 15 minutes of fame in defense of chemtrails. There are people who listen to this program who get mad at me for saying anyone who believes in chemtrails are kooky because they do and they don't recognize crazy in the mirror, but they are crazy. And Kelly Ward is nuts. And no one has any business supporting her, including the president of the United States. She is not right in the head. I don't believe so. This is a woman who is prone to just whatever nutty conspiracy theory she thinks can help her. And that ultimately is what will benefit Jeff Flake. Is that the conservatives who should be putting up a viable candidate to beat him are instead putting up nutty chemtrail lady. There are people who can and should and deserve to beat Jeff Flake and could win and hold the Senate seat. But people are just angry and would rather pick a fight with Jeff Flake than actually find someone to actually beat him. is 27 after the hour oh we've got listeners calling in wanting to know um about chem trails uh, chemical trails uh, people who claim essentially that the government has launched a conspiracy by which airplanes when they fly over leaving the trails in the sky have laced them with chemicals so the government can control your brain and whatnot um yeah, that's part of the problem. In fact, you know, Google is your friend. Kelly Ward, chemtrails, chemical trails. Um, yeah, I remember this from when she ran the last time. Uh, she was a big supporter of the chemtrail conspiracy theory. And, of course, the Republicans who were trying to stop her... Um, are a big thing. So here's the thing. Uh, Back in 2014, Kelly Ward was a state senator, and she called for a public hearing uh, to talk about her constituents' concerns that passing jets condensation was really chemicals the government was surreptitiously spraying on their community. Uh, Yeah. Um, She actually was concerned about it, 
and wanted to investigate it and took it seriously. She tends to believe these things. Oh, God help us. It is 39 after the hour. Charlie sent me this. Y'all, it, it it sounds like something out of The Onion or some other parody click hole something, but this is actually, this is from a reputable site, Outkick the Coverage, and um, what is it, Clay Travis, I think is it? Yeah, Clay Travis, who has gotten, I mean, just outscooped and outscooped and outscooped ESPN repeatedly and has uh, consistently reported on the internal squabbling and turmoil at ESPN and how its ratings have gone down in large part because of its increasing liberal biases. And Clay Travis, by the way, he's not some super conservative, uh, but he has noted that ESPN's drift to the left uh, is is hampering the network and it's making irrational and stupid decisions. And this, my friends, is one of the stupidest things they've never they have ever done. And I want to, I I, I want to go into this and tell you again: you're going to think the story is not true. You are going to think the story is not true. You are going to think it is a parody. You are going to think it is from a humor website. What I am telling you is that this is actual factual truth this is what espn did espn has a football announcer named robert lee robert lee is asian lee his last name is asian espn has removed robert lee from coverage of the William and Mary versus University of Virginia college football game because they were afraid of offending viewers by having Robert Lee, not Robert E. Lee, but Robert Lee, an Asian man, covering the football game. They moved him to the Youngstown State at Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Folks, I know... I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. They, because an Asian man has the same name as a deceased Confederate general. They got, they moved him to cover a different game. This is stupid. This is so ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. But it's, it's what you can expect by a bunch of liberals at ESPN. It's like, I still, I want to say, yeah, this wasn't ESPN. This was, oh, what's his name? Who's the annoying idiot on, Bob Costas. I, don't hold me to this, but I'm, I'm all mo- like 90 some odd percent sure it was him. But I will never forget in the 96 Olympics, I think that was the one in Barcelona, where a lady, a white lady from Kenya won a race and it was the first time that, that a white person had run won the race and he noted it. 
that it was the first time that a non-African-American African had won this race? Actually used that phrase, a non-African-American African, because he didn't want to say a black. He didn't want to say black. He, so he said African-American to describe the color of this woman. I will never forget that. And I, I, I think it was Costas, and that sounds like something he would do. Um, but maybe it wasn't him, but it happened. And this 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 is added to the pantheon of stupid from political correctness at sports networks that Robert Lee, a man of Asian descent, can't cover the University of Virginia game lest he offend people. His name offend people. Good gracious. In 92, 96 was Atlanta. I should have known that. Charlie's texting me, you idiot. Uh, yeah, 96. Yeah, no, I'm the idiot, not Charlie. 96 was So it had to be 92 because it was Barcelona. Um, yes, the non-African American African because white woman from Kenya. Yes. My goodness. Yeah, I, I just, y'all, I, I, so I tweeted out the story and people don't remember <laughs> I'm sorry that they don't believe me that they, they, they don't believe me that this is a real story this is a real story it is I have put it in Twitter um, it is outkick the coverage is the website Clay Travis who has reliably routinely scooped ESPN uh, they hate the guy because of it he's got sources all over ESPN and wow I you know part of me just wishes ESPN would bankrupt Disney and, and don't have uh, don't scream at me Disney needs to understand what a virus political correctness can be because Disney often is overrun with political correctness in its businesses. ESPN is part of it. You know, we don't let our kids watch the Disney Channel at our house because if you get on the Disney Channel, and I got a buddy of mine, actually, a, a famous actor, some of you would know, who leans right of center and has told me that he is convinced because he knows the people involved that they use the Disney Channel as an actual social experiment to try to indoctrinate kids into the left, which is why all of the boys um, go shopping and act like girls and all the girls act like boys, that it is an intentional effort to blend gender. Uh, we just we do not let our kids watch the Disney channel in our house nothing from disney other than the standard movie cartoons which have yet to go there i imagine any day now they will fall off the cliff you know they want to make a frozen two and make elsa or whatever a lesbian or whatnot um it's only a matter of time before they go there nickelodeon is almost as bad not quite but almost as bad just you know we would rather our kids watch like old tv shows stuff that's not around anymore before the left decided that they could use TV shows to screw up the minds of children. Uh, anyway, ESPN getting rid of an anchor named Robert Lee, or at least reassigning him so that he does not offend people in Virginia by being having a similar name as a Confederate general who died in 1870. You can't make this stuff up. You really can't. Some of you still don't believe that the ESPN story is real, and yet it is. So you can go to my Twitter feed at EW Erickson and find it. Oh, I just, these, I, I, political correctness is just going to ruin us all. You know, I, I was listening to the board's commentary, the, the Muslim invasion of Europe. Uh, you know, he's right about that. And the chief and most significant and serious problem is that the European birth rate has declined to below the amount at which 
you can sustain a population in a country. And we are on the verge of that, and no country has ever crossed that threshold and ever had it reverse. So big trouble coming to this country long term if we don't do something about it, have more babies. You know who is, though? Immigrants and Christians in this country. Within another probably three decades, the majority of the people in this country, they're going to be Hispanic Hispanic country music listing Christians. Because demographically, those are the ones reproducing. It is the the craziest thing. Also, you want to hear something crazy? Remember Valerie Plame, Valerie Plame Wilson, the the woman who was uh, hated George Bush, who was outed trying to undermine him at the CIA. The left made her a martyr, even though she wasn't. She has decided she's trying to crowdsource raising money to buy Twitter. Twitter, the company, the where all the demons of hell have accounts. She wants to buy Twitter. Why? Because she wants to ban President Trump, and she's upset that Twitter won't close his at real Donald Trump account. Ridiculous. Uh, just another reminder, people on the left, they really don't like free speech. We have an immediate line into the president's thinking on things, and she thinks that's a bad thing. Maybe, well, sometimes it is, but still, come on, people. See you all tomorrow.